In this episode of the People Process Technology Podcast, I speak with Simon Bennett from the ZAP Project, Christian Fellini from the Mod Security Core Ruleset Project, and Steve Springett from the Dependency Check Project. This is part of an ongoing podcast series highlighting the OWASP flagship projects that will be featured at the OWASP 20th Anniversary Celebration in September. I talk with the project leads to hear what they've been working on for the past year, what their plans are for the coming year, and what we can expect to see at the conference in September. Support for this broadcast is provided by OWASP, celebrating 20 years of making software safer. OWASP hosts their 24-hour 20th Anniversary Celebration in September. Head to 20thanniversary.owasp.org for your free ticket. And with support from Jupiter One, who believes that security is a basic right to every person, company, and enterprise. Security begins with cyber asset visibility and includes understanding the relationships between those assets. Get started with your free lifetime license at jupiterone.com. Our first flagship project that we'll talk about is the OWASP Z Attack Proxy, or ZAP. This is the world's most widely used web app scanner. It's free, it's open source, and it's actively maintained by a dedicated international team of volunteers. I talk now with the team lead, Simon Bennett. We haven't talked in a while yet. Let's get caught up. Uh, what uh, was going on with Zap in 2020? 2020? That seems ages ago now. <laughs> uh, so we got Zap 2.10 out of the door at the end of the year. I think I went to a Mozilla event in January and that was it for the whole year. So usually you obviously go to security conference or developer conferences and things like that. But yeah, none of those things. Uh, but I did record a load of videos. Um, so obviously I'm here at Stackhawk now and I was doing some deep dive videos. So all about Zap. So uh, got a load of those if people really want to see me. <laughs> so everything's on the zaproxy.org. Uh, we have a videos page and we actually have all the videos we know about, the official ones indexed there so you can search them and uh, view them there. So we, and we got um, separate sections for the deep dive videos for the Zap in 10 videos, all these, all those things. What we're looking at too is 2021. What are the plans for the roadmap right now? Right. Well, I mean, one thing we did this year earlier on, we had ZapCon, the very first Zap user How'd conference. That that ah, that was amazing. That was really great. Obviously, it was all online, so we didn't actually meet up. Uh, but we were kind of thinking, you know, maybe we'd get three, four hundred people. You know, that's what we were hoping for. And I, think I haven't got the figures with me now, but it was, you know, well over a thousand. It was, you know, fourteen hundred, sixteen hundred is those kind of numbers. Um, so we had uh, loads of people, really great feedback on that. Uh, everyone who attended got swag as well. So it wasn't just um, swag for the speakers. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good conference. Really enjoyed it. That's good. So you're planning on doing that again? Yeah, I mean, I think we're hoping to do them every year, uh, you know, whether we'll actually have a, whether we'll just be online or whether we have a physical one as well, remains to be seen. I, mean, I think we're actually, we were, as well, we were 
uh, well, we, while the conference was going on, Joni, uh, the Stackhawk CTU was going, this is great. We've got we've got to announce we're doing one next year. And so there's a mad panic of, of everyone trying to arrange, you know, dates, times and, you know, graphics and things while the conference was going on in order so, so that with the closing statement, we could actually have these things being announced. So going back to 2021, have you got mm -hmm. anything specific on the roadmap for Zap itself? So the couple of things uh, actually announced at ZapCon. Um, first was reporting. So reporting has always been a bit of a, a problem with Zap. We have very we have very simple and basic reports. Um, I think there are three other reporting add-ons on the Zap marketplace, but they all none of them were particularly great. They all had their advantages and disadvantages. Um, and none of them were really being supported by the core team. So what we decided to do is we're going to have yet another add-on, uh, but this one will replace all of the others and will replace the core, well, already has replaced the core functionality. And we're actually using an open source library called Timeleaf, which means we can, it's possible to create report templates much more easily. Um, and we've actually got a competition which is still going on uh, um, to create a new set of pretty Zap reports. Uh, so we've created some best basic ones. We've got a couple of we've got a couple of submissions for the competition, um, which we're just working through, just making sure they um, get tidied up and they can be merged. Uh, and we can already have much more information in the reports. We can have different formats. We can have different sections. They're internationalized. Um, so making good progress on that. There's a lot more to do. Um, we still want to um, make the reports even better. Uh, but we can do things like we can include the um, the requests and responses, so a lot more information. And it's it's all pluggable, so any add-on can define information that gets added to the reports, and you know we can make use of them very easily. All that data. So the other thing I did announce at SAPCon was the automation framework, and again we had some you know when I announced it, the basics were there, but it wasn't complete. There's different ways of automating SAP. Um, and again, they all have their advantages and disadvantages. So what we wanted to do was create a new automation framework, which would be simple to use, but much more flexible and wouldn't be tied to any container technology like Docker. It would work in those things, but it wouldn't be tied to it. So we've got package scans, which work well. They've got a lot of options, but you can't extend them that effectively um, or, or in as straightforward as we wanted to be able to, and they were tied with Docker, tied to Docker. So we've got this new automation framework, and basically you give Zap a YAML file, and that defines a set of jobs, and those jobs can do you know, all sorts of things. So you can run the Zap Spider, the Ajax Spider, the Active Scanner, generate reports, all these kind of things. Again, this is pluggable, so we can any add-on can add whatever jobs you want. And what we're working on right now is making that um, much more uh, it's got a much much more effective and you know it doesn't support all of the things like authentication and things like that so we're working on that and we're working on actually replacing the baseline scan and the other package scans with the automation framework under the hood so if anyone uses the old already called the old package scans they will work exactly the same as they used to or they will appear to but they will be using automation automation framework under the hood rather than the 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 APIs they did before still a lot of work to go um, but that's definitely something I, I could see myself um, demoing at um, in the the AWS 20th anniversary, and 
by that stage, we're talking September. So, you know, we, we really should be looking, I mean, I'd hope to have a new version of Zap out before then. So Zap 2.11 will hopefully uh, be uh, be done or can be announced at that uh, conference. Good. Then we're going to see you in September. Always good to catch up. And hopefully we'll be able to see each other live in person within a couple months. Uh, that would be great. It's been too long, Mark. To talk about our next flagship project is Christian Fellini, head of the Mod Security Core rule set. The rule set is a set of generic attack detection rules for use with mod security or compatible web application firewalls. The CRS, as it's known for short, aims to protect web applications from a wide range of attacks, including the OWASP top 10 with a minimum of false alerts. The CRS provides protection against many common attack categories, including SQL injection, cross-site scripting, and local file inclusion. Yeah, so I'm the co-lead of the OWASP Mod Security Coral Set, the project with the longest name, or the OWASP flagship project with the longest name. We're a rules project. Uh, among the flagship projects, we're like the only code developing project. So we write regular expressions and rules in the mod security rule language. And what we do is a generic deny list to deny security attacks on web application firewall. Mod security is a web application firewall and we bring the rules to mod security so you can protect your applications against the standard web vulnerabilities or security risk you're exposing yourself. Basically, we're good against the OWASP top 10. What have you been working on for the past year? We did our last major release in July 2020. So right between the two pandemic waves, we released 3.3 and we immediately picked up the uh, next uh, major release, 3.4. And what we're introducing in this release, probably coming out before uh, the big OWASP anniversary or during or after, we're not quite sure yet, is we have a plugin mechanism now. A plugin mechanism allows us to offload certain rules that are not our core concept or that do things that we don't want our rules to do. Like you want a bit more exotic stuff, special constructs, performance problematic things uh, to run. And this we can then offload into separate plugins and people just pick the ones that they're interested in. And it also allows third parties to integrate relatively easy with the core rule set. So you have the standard deny rules and then you bring in your additional rules that complement the standard rules. So we're kind of opening up and that's a, a big thing. And we already have three or four plugins to do that. And one we're currently integrating is a machine learning plugin. So we want to make it easier for machine learning mechanism ideas, artificial intelligence, just to integrate with the existing structure. Uh, opening up a bracket here, this occurred to us, people are doing this on the university level, there are master theses being written with mod security, integrating machine learning. And these people, they spend 80% of their time researching mod security and 
how to integrate this with CRS, the core rule set. And, and that's really bad. I mean, if you're doing a master thesis in machine learning, you don't want to learn about a web application firewall. That's not the point. So we're providing a plugin infrastructure so these students have an easier way to actually run the project and concentrate what they're interested in. And that is definitely not writing about security rules. Uh, so the plugin mechanism will open up and allow people to easier integrate their stuff. We've done a lot of work behind the scenes. So establishing the project in a better way. We invested a lot of time in a slide deck, which we then use to approach sponsors. And we have um, a gold sponsor now, and we're talking additional sponsors. So up to September, the university, we're confident having two or three uh, gold sponsors ready that allow us to invest more in the project, but also more in the community. And what we've started a couple of months ago is uh, a Deaf on Duty uh, service. So somebody from the CRS team is always on duty. And if new issues come in via GitHub or even Stack Overflow, we're addressing these within 24 hours. You get a first response kind of guaranteed from our open source project. And I think that is quite innovative to do. And it's the sponsors that allow us to finance that. So we pay our developers to pay attention to Stack Overflow and cover everything, mod security, and especially Coral set coming in on Stack Overflow. As you're planning for the 20th anniversary and you're gonna be doing a flagship presentation for the project, have you started thinking about what the presentation is gonna be yet? Uh, we're going to do an intro uh, presentation. Many people attending over OS conferences flock into our intro presentation because they wanna learn about the project, the stuff that we're doing. So the basic intro presentation is always expanding and maybe even getting longer and longer. <laughs> we might have to cut down things a bit, but I want to expand on, these plug on the plugin mechanism present a few of the plugins that we've developed already. There is very uh, one very interesting one for high security setups where we do transformation of input. So if we have a hex encoded SQL injection, we're going to detect this because we're by default, there is a plugin that by default decodes hex encoded traffic and identifies the SQL injection inside that. So that is one plugin I'm probably going to present and then all the other initiatives that are running uh, around the project. So I have plenty to talk about, I guess. Thanks for doing what you're doing and look forward to seeing the presentation in September. Thanks very much, Mark. Dependency Track is an intelligent component analysis platform that allows organizations to identify and reduce risk in the software supply chain. Dependency Track takes a unique and highly beneficial approach by leveraging the capabilities of software bill of materials. This approach provides capabilities that traditional software composition analysis solutions cannot achieve. I talk with project lead Steve Springett. Steve, first thing I wanna ask is what have you guys been working on this year? Wow, we, uh, we, we've done a, a major rewrite of the dependency track platform. Uh, so we've gone from version 3.x to version 4.x. So that was a major kind of major undertaking. And with that came a lot of architectural changes that kind of set the pace for what we're going to be delivering in the future. Um, so we've, we've added quite a, quite a number of different um, 
types of analysis that the platform can do, as well as some integration options as well, like uh, especially for around authentication and authorization with, uh, with support for OIDC, for example. Who, who's on the team? Anybody we would know? You know, we have a, a quite a, a few interesting contributors. Um, it's, it's one of these projects that's used by a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we, we get various types of contributors, but there's not like a, a, a core team like there is um, on, on many other OWASP projects, right? Which is a really interesting problem for this particular project because it's at a higher level than a lot of other OWASP projects are. Uh, a lot of OWASP, uh, a lot of other OWASP projects are, uh, are very specific tool projects like the ZAP project, the core rule set project, right? And your, your target audience for those types of individuals is, um, is finer grained. And the dependency track project, uh, that audience is, is much, much larger. So it's, it's a, what size is that? Interesting Have problem. you got numbers? I don't, but um, uh, in terms of downloads, I guess uh, we're well over a million. Um, it's it's being used by you know all various companies that that you that you know, um, and in in many cases, it's actually being uh, used either uh, to replace existing SCA solutions or to uh, or to complement them. And then, when was the last release? Uh, about uh, two months ago, I think it was, and we're working on the next one right now. Where does that leave you for the coming year? What do you have in focus? Yeah, we're working on a, a lot of really interesting problems. The, the the solution itself is really based on the concept of software bill of materials. Having that inventory of components, right? That's great, uh, but we're working on services as well because you know functions as a service, REST APIs, etc. That's also part of your inventory. So we're working on ways that we can ingest that information. Um, we, we actually just had a release that, uh, that actually supports that. But now how do you analyze that? So that gives opportunity for us to integrate with, well, projects like, uh, like Zap, for example. So if my application has this inventory of components and that inventory also includes services, hey, you know what, let's call out the Zap and let's do some kind of analysis on that endpoint. With the call by the government in the last couple of weeks to actually start providing S-bombs, where does that leave you guys? Um, in a really good position, actually. We've been doing this since about 2013. Um, so it's it's not a new problem to OWASP, for, for sure. Uh, what is new, however, is, uh, is all the sudden recognition, right? That S-bomb is a thing and that we need as a, you know, as an industry to, to start producing, consuming them and analyzing them. Um, that's what the dependency track project is was actually designed for. Um, so it was designed for the use cases that we're that we're currently talking about, and which would also uh, fulfill the requirements in the executive order. Where does that leave us for the twentieth anniversary? You guys are going to be there. You're going to be presenting. What are you guys going to talk about? Well, I think uh, one of the things that that I'd really like to kind of highlight is, um, you know, there's different ways of looking at the problem, right? We've got a supply chain problem. And the traditional ways of, of looking at that haven't actually worked all that well. So one of the things that I'd really kind of like to highlight is, well, what are the alternative ways, right? There's, there's no right or wrong way to, to look at the problem. There's multiple different ways. So let's, let's you know, 
create a, a, a bigger magnifying glass, right? A, a, diff, a wider lens to look at the problem. And with that, we can talk about what are some of the future capabilities? What would we like to see, right? In, in, if we have a bigger lens, what kind of capabilities what would we like to see? What kind of risk do we actually want to try to discover once we have that bigger lens in place? All right, Steve, thanks. We will look forward to seeing you hopefully in the near future in real person. But uh, if not, we're going to see you in September and look forward to what you're working on. Thanks so much, Mark. The OWASP 20th anniversary celebration is a 24-hour global event featuring sessions from each of the OWASP flagship projects, leaders of the top 10 project, presenters from around the world, and sessions from people who have helped OWASP over the past 20 years. Registration is open and you can't beat the cost. It's free. Even if you can't attend, please register so you'll have access to all of the recorded sessions following the conference. For the link, check the show notes here on the podcast. Our program was produced today by Executive Editor Mark Miller. Special thanks to today's guests, Simon Bennett from Zap Project, Christian Fellini from the Mod Security Core Rule Set Project, and Steve Springett from the Dependency Check Project. You can stream our entire archive of over 160 episodes for free at soundcloud.com slash OWASP-podcast. That's soundcloud.com slash OWASP-podcast. The show is available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks, as always, to our supporters at OWASP and Jupiter One who make this show possible. I'm Mark Miller, and I'll be back with you again next week.